Welcome to Lou Marks the Spot, brought to you by yours truly, Lou Marks, bringing sanity and common sense back to America. Before we start today's podcast, I would like to tell you a little history about the Rear Guard social media app, which was created by an amazing woman named M.K. Nolan. In the website, it states it's for Trumpers, truthers, and patriots, but at its core, it's for freedom of speech. It's a way for us everyday people to connect and to make sense of how the world and closer to home our country is falling apart. The founder, M.K. Nolan, says, I'm not a political activist. I'm just a mom, a wife, and a regular person. I don't have all the answers, but I do know when enough of the right people can have free and open dialogue, answers will come. That's why I made RealGuard. It was at the end of development when things went crazy on social media. Apps started getting shut down, people were and still are being censored and banned. I have taken all those things into consideration when working on the app, along with downloadable apps for Android and Apple, all the same features will be accessible through a login on a web portal. This is a security feature so people won't lose their info or friends. Even if the apps are slowed down, the web portal can't be targeted. We have finally gone live in Play Store and Apple Store. I've just started to gain users. There is no company, just me. I have been the only investor and that has made the process slow. But I feel it's worth all the time and money to provide a platform like this. I hope it does what it's intended to do and grows for all who need it. Now that's a wonderful person. And let me just say myself that MK is serious and a great person. You can see Rear Guard on Facebook, check it out, And please get the app. Okay, more about that in another podcast. Now let's get to today's podcast. It's the Teflon Dems, criminals that don't get prosecuted. Long before Ilhan Omar, politicians could get away with murder as long as they were Democrats. Prior to Representative Ilhan Omar's emergence on the national scene, the message was already clear and tragic. It matters not what you say or do, but rather to which group you belong. We know those groups are Democrats and liberals. It would do wonders for our political discourse if we treated people as individuals rather than running down a checklist of the various groups which a person belongs or what color they are or what race they are before deciding how we feel about him or her and how we respond to his or her words and actions. Wouldn't our lives be simpler if some things were always wrong regardless of who says or does not? As recent events have demonstrated, the web of identity politics intersectionality, carefully woven by the progressive less, is a labyrinth not even the wiliest of Democrats can successfully navigate. They don't even understand themselves how terrible and destructive it is. I remember the days when Bill Clinton was elected, then re-elected president. The infamous blue dress became a national topic of conversation. All my life I've watched with interest as the label Democrat has insulated individuals from reprehensible and murderous behavior. Women who claim to care about women in their struggles as the sex rallied around Clinton for years, knowingly protected a womanizer. Credible, and more importantly, a man credibly accused of rape because he was a warrior in their crusade to continue killing the unborn. My interest in politics emerged and blossomed when I was in my 20s. At that time, two men sat in the Senate chamber whose parts and past should have and would have prevented them from being elected to public office had they not had a D attached to their name, D for Democrat. And speaking of former Senator Ted Kennedy 
and former Senator Robert Byrd. Kennedy had been dead for nearly a decade before anyone dared tell the truth about Chappaquiddick via film. He was a Kennedy, after all, and a Democrat, and thus he had a long career in the U.S. Senate pretending, alongside Clinton, to be a crusader for women despite having murdered one and left her to drown in his car while he scurried away to craft a story that might save his political career. And the Democrats protected him, and it did. Byrd was, of course, a former member of the Ku Klux Klan. Both of these men happily sheltered under the umbrella of safety the Democrat labor provided them for years and years. They were a number of the right group, and thus their sins were washed away, scrubbed by a media all too eagle, to stuff their misdeeds down the memory hole. Democrats are quick to offer grace to those who belong to the right group, the Democratic group. More recent examples of grace by group affiliation are the curious stories that emerged from the state of Virginia during, of all months, February, which is Black History Month. On the heels of his infamous comments advocating for a practice that can only be described as infanticide or murder, it was revealed that Virginia Governor Ralph Northam has a curious past, to say the least. Norton's response to a photo on his medical school yearbook page depicting a man in blackface, another man in the KKK hood. Presumably, he was one of them. He was one. It was a complete debacle. He apologized for it. He then said he wasn't in the photo, oddly enough, but had another time one blackface. It seemed to indicate that there had been perhaps been an errand by the yearbook staff, of course. Democrats lie. They don't make mistakes like that. He claimed he would embark on a listening tour, although to whom he would be listening was never defined. I believe he canceled the first stop. He never went on a tour. He still remains the governor of Virginia, and there is no doubt that D after his name, as well as his willingness to do Planned Parenthood's bidding, helped him weather the storm over the blackface and his bizarre, flimsy pseudo-atonement. Identity groups now matter more than character. Prior to Representative Ilhan Omar's emergence on the national scene, the message was already clear. As I said, matters not what you say or do, but rather to which groups you belong. A D after your name buys you cover from your own party and from most of the national media as well, the fake news media. Not one of the Virginia politicians whose questionable past came to light in February have stepped down, despite the woman who accused Virginia Lieutenant Government Justin Fairfax of sexual assault, stating they are willing to testify about their experiences. Nothing happened. I have watched with intense curiosity that quickly turned to deep sadness as Nancy Pelosi and other Democrats and many in the national media scrambled to figure out how to handle blatant anti-Semites in the ranks. Omar is a member of a handful of coveted victim groups. After all, she came to this country as a refugee from Somalia. So that makes her allowed to be an anti-Semite? I don't think so. She is a non-Caucasian and a Muslim. She drips of every label from which the Democrats routinely go to bat. She is featured, believe it or not, get this, alongside Pelosi on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine. She is literally a new poster girl, or at least cover girl. They have ultimately decided they will provide her the cover they provided Clinton, Kennedy, Byrd, Northam, and others. They excuse her anti-Semitism and her hatred of America because she's a valuable commodity to them, because they fear the wrath of their rabid base. The tricky part for Democrats 
is that Omar's remarks are highly specific and targeted a group whose population was literally reduced by six million people not so long ago, the Jewish people. While, for example, Kennedy's victim drowned in his car, silenced forever, there are a great many Jewish voters living in the United States who have perhaps until recently considered the Democratic Party the name. Consider that Andrew Gilliam, who recently lost Florida's gubernatorial race to win partners' inability to shore up Jewish votes in that state, is steadfastly defending Omar. That's just unbelievable. Omar presents quite the case of cognitive dissonance for Democrats because many in the party do not assess people as individuals, but rather via a lens of group membership of victim status. Many of them refuse to admit that a member of a victim group they lionize a Muslim woman who fled Somalia should be assessed as an individual who deserves reprimands for repeatedly making anti-Semite statements, anti-American statements, pro-terrorist statements. Her list of hate for America never ends. In their dogma, a victim is always a victim and thus cannot be an oppressor. As we've learned recently, there is a victim hierarchy. The Jewish label does not trump the Muslim woman of color label for Democrats. It is truly an absurd way to approach life and politics. There are no winners in the victimhood Olympics. These games force you to support vile people and vile statements and whose statements are uttered by a member of a highly sought-after victim group. The Apostle Peter explains that the Lord is no respecter of persons. This is the best way forward for American politics, and this applies to both sides of the aisle. Stripping people of the many labels we use in our quest to categorize everyone, instead treating them as individuals and assessing their behavior this way, and what they do and who they are and their character, is the only way for us to untangle ourselves from the ridiculous web of intersectionality in which we are currently snared. Now that it has been proven that the original application for FISA warrants were based on lies against President Trump that were paid for by the Democratic National Committee and Hillary Clinton and probably by Obama. Why isn't there a demand for investigation to that matter? False documents were repeatedly presented to the courts by officials of the Barack Obama administration for the purpose of denying the election of President Donald Trump. If any ordinary citizen, you or I, had given those lies to a court or to the police or the FBI, we would be in jail for quite a while. It seems that Hillary Clinton will get away with another in a series of criminal acts as well as Obama. How about Joe Biden on tape blackmailing Ukraine for which they, they had a fake hoax and tried to impeach President Trump, but Joe Biden did it. It's on tape. It's obvious. He got away with it. Hunter Biden on tape. Um, total proof. Witnesses. Laptop. Andrew Cuomo, the mass murderer. Again, total proof gets away with it. These are all serious crimes. They all will get away with their crimes. Why is that? Is there really a two-tier system of justice in America? Does the law only apply to those who actually work for a living and try to be responsible citizens? What is there to give special treatment to people in government office who lie, steal, cheat, and commit other crimes that they never have to pay any penalty for their crimes? Obama's administration is the ultimate source of instructions that led to the Russian collusion investigation. Clinton and the Democratic National Convention and Committee paid for the false dossier by Christopher Steele. 
the heads of the FBI, the CIA, and the DOJ were involved in all levels of this travesty and scandal. The crimes never end. And as long as you're a Democrat, you'll get away with it throughout history. The most horrible part is that the fake news media also will continue to deny the truth and the Democrats will continue to resist what President Trump's efforts did while he was in office to clean out the sewers and the slime of Washington. Now it's up to we the people to take the legal action, get out and vote, and put the proper people in office who can bring America back to what it was.